Hi guys, welcome back to Tea Time with Ian. Yeah, thank you so much guys for tuning back in. I know, I know, it's been a while since I last posted an episode, but bear with me. I really took this time just um, to, you know, record more episodes so that, you know, they're more regular throughout. So I've already recorded, I think, 10 episodes in the time that I haven't been posting. So this will be the last um, long break before um, um, for long, for, for the meantime. And yeah, I have a lot of topics um, already recorded. I'm excited for you guys to hear them. But let's get started. Uh, so welcome back to Tea Time with Ian. Hi guys, welcome back to Tea Time with Ian. Uh, yeah, it's probably have uh, has been a while since my last episode. Um, I'm recording this at least a week after my last episode, and I don't see myself posting it anytime soon because I'm suffering from intense imposter syndrome recently so yeah um for those of you who don't know what imposter syndrome is it's kind of this feeling that um you're not qualified enough to talk about certain things like it's like you're taking it away from actual experts but this time um the imposter syndrome is actually me not feeling that I'm an expert enough about my own opinions. And we all know that that's ridiculous. But yeah, it's hard to get around it. A lot of people suffer from it. But hopefully this episode gets posted soon. And yeah. But today, basically, we're going to be talking about something very, very personal. It's actually a lot about my personal experience Growing up and, you know, how I'm moving in, in the world. And I hope I have a lot of friends that I think that will be able to relate it because, you know, we all came from come from the same background mostly. Um, but for those of you who, um, who won't be able to say that you experience the same thing, it's still good um, to listen to because, yeah, um, because what we're going to be talking about, the title is Poor Kids Worth in a Rich Kid's World. So we're going to be talking about how how it was for me growing up in a lower, lower middle class household. How that was, how my experiences were, and how I look at it now that I'm, I guess, solid middle class, I think. I'm not even entirely sure. But... I just wanted to talk about my experiences and how my views of the world have has changed so far now that I'm working and you know earning money for myself and taking care of my family as opposed to when I was younger or when I was in high school or college how much that has changed so I'm so excited and yeah we'll go through it bit by bit so to start um what was it like for me to grow up in a lower, lower middle class household? So a bit of a background about me and my family. So we were definitely lower, lower middle class. Um, my mom was a public school elementary teacher. My dad, during the first parts of my childhood, he was an OFW. He worked... Um, contract contract in different countries specifically in Qatar um, but um, both um, my dad didn't finish his college education only my mom did since she um, since she became a teacher so and yeah um, I have an older sister um, she's four years older than me um, and yeah she has a family of her own now but that's beside the point. So growing up, um, I live I live in 
right now. I not live because I still live in it. So the setting was that all of us here, my family, we live at our um, grandparents' ancestral home. So I, I grew up with my grandparents and all of their kids, um, all of their f- five sons, um, also decided to stay at their ancestral home, and you know, eventually j- they just split off in within the within the house. They took up their own spaces, constructed parts of the house into their own homes. But we grew up as a very big family, so Christmas was always jam packed, full of the titos and titas and all of the cousins and yeah um that's what it was like so and the reason for that being i think is because my grandparents they were very you know strict catholic traditional parents they they were part of the generation that believed that you won't you shouldn't move in move out rather of the house unless you get your own family or you know we die, something like that, and this house gets taken away. But generally in Filipino culture, you, moving out is not something as common in other cultures, like in the U.S., where you're expected to move out in college or when you reach the age of 21. I'm 24, I'm turning 25 in October, and moving out is still far, far away from the minds of my parents unless i impregnate someone which i know that won't be possible but that's how it is so we we grew up in this type of setting where all of my relatives were near proximity with each other so you can expect the stress and the chaos that ensued but in some cases um it was fun because I can never say that my childhood was boring. I always had a chance to play with all my cousins, and I've always been with my uncles, so it's never awkward when I meet with them. But that's the thing. So um, another thing to add is that growing up, so my grandparents, they only had five children, all of them sons, and all of my five uncles and my dad, of course, all of their firstborn children with their families were girls. So I had four older cousins. And the second generation, which is the ones after their first children, I'm the only male son, right? So I hope you guys are following that so far. And um, afterwards, it's all girls afterwards. And only just until the third or fourth generation, that's when the boys started popping up in their children. So, so I'm the eldest male heir to our family's family line, I guess you could say. So the expectations of me were very, very high. Um, but then with the expectations um, being very high, we also had to live with I, the fact that we were coming from a lower middle class family. So... What was that like? Um, since my dad, most of my childhood, I don't remember, um, he was abroad. So most of my sister's childhood, when she can remember, um, most of the time, my dad wasn't here. So it was just my mom. But I think when I was around six or seven years old, my dad came back from Qatar because he was laid off. And then he started to work as a taxi driver for the remainder of the time up until just before I started high school, okay? So that's how it was. Um, I can say that, you know, I've never realized that growing up that we were lacking in anything just because my parents, they really worked hard to make sure that um, we still um, got the things that we wanted or got the things that we need needed rather but for the things that we wanted like you know new bags for school or 
new notebooks for always new things when we start a new school year, that was seldomly practiced because um, although both um, my sister was a scholar most of her educated life up until college, and um, I was pushed to go into a private school. So more on that later. But growing up, we never felt like we were lacking in anything. Um, we always had food on the table when we were eating. And for the most part, we had a lot of love in the house. My grandparents, you know, they're like all grandparents, I guess. They were always very, very, very um, doting towards their grandchildren, especially me, since I was the only male um, apo. And I remember my cousins always used to um, say that they were so jealous of me. Like, everything was so different before I came along. Like, it's like I stole their spotlight. <laughs> Can't blame them. I'm a star. I'm kidding at this. But yeah, so that was that's what it was like. And we always um, made sure to um, look at things in a positive light. That's what my dad always and my mom always um, did, um, um, said to us to make sure that we um, follow through because um, although we didn't have much growing up, we had enough. I know that's very cliche, but the way they framed it that way, I never felt like we were less fortunate than other families or other people. Um, sure, some of my other uncles were better off and their children or my cousins um, seemed like they were they were they they got more out of their childhood, but I never felt that way maybe it's just because i was a very quiet child i was the nerdy child i was told and growing up itself i it was pretty fast i remember being because i remember that when uh, i was growing up all i did was study because my mom she was a teacher so Every time after school, we had to do review sessions. We had to go through my tests and make sure to get the answers that I got wrong corrected. Um, and I used to be like corporal punishment levels when I got a non-passing grade, which I rarely got, by the way. That's why the punishment was so severe back then. I won't say because, you know, I love my mom and I don't want her to be, you know, canceled but yeah that was what that's what my childhood was and um i'm not saying there was anything wrong with it and like i um like i've mentioned to you guys i never felt like we were lacking but understand also that this i understand also that this isn't, isn't the story for a lot a lot of people like um i just want to put that disclaimer out that of course Right now, I'm coming from a privileged perspective, especially now that we're no longer in that state in terms of like finances and everything else. But um, a lot of people have different stories, and my story isn't the only one. Um, but I just wanted to put a disclaimer that, yeah, it might seem a bit privileged, but it's the truth um, of what... I experienced as I was growing up. All right, so I just want to put that disclaimer. So, but even though I'm coming from a privileged point of view right now, or even back then, the struggles are still very real. Um, we, I still remember those times that my dad couldn't pick me up from school because he was still, you know, he was still going around the metro in his taxi and. Um, trying to earn a living for me and my tuition um, and me and my sister's tuition. My mom, she didn't get out until late afternoon after her classes. And, you know, we um, we had a few struggles. We had a lot, rather. Um, of course, there were there, since we lived with all of my relatives, a lot of drama always happened. You know, mom, 
mga nakaw incidents, mga um, stuff like um, typical things families squabble about. Ma sino yun na nakit sa anak kong ganito, sino gumawa nito, ganyan. And they were extra protective of me specifically because I was the only guy and they were all worried that I would be gay because I was surrounded by girls in the form of my cousins. They weren't wrong to have that worry, but here we are. And yeah, so um, those struggles are very real. And I still look at them today as a way to measure the how far I've come so far. But right now, um, I'm trying to understand um, now that I'm in this situation that I am in now where I'm earning money for myself, earning enough money for myself and my family. And, you know, my sister is graduated. She has her own has her own family as well. And she's working. And my parents are well on their way to retirement. Um, um, I remember when I was in high school, I always had to struggle with the want to provide everything that my family deserved. I think all all breadwinners or all um, all kids of lower middle class families um, have had that um, moment where they just took a um, took uh, took a time took time to look at around what they're seeing at their home and how their families are are currently living and they they start looking for ways to make it better so um it's it's a hard thing to want everything for your family um but not having enough whether it's capital finances or even education to even dream about it right so that was me in grade school and high school i remember i I was when i was in grade school because i was um, enrolled in a private school my parents really worked hard to get me into private school i was the only child between all of my cousins to go to a private school for elementary I i went to saint mary's college in cousin city and i remember that I was such a spoiled kid back in St. Mary's. I always but I was so insecure because all of my all of my classmates they were all very, you know, well off because St. Mary's was a private school. And the only way we were able to afford it um was that my parents really scrapped together what little money we had just to make sure that I would assumingly get a good education out of staying in a private school over a public school and for the most part i remember you know that's when the that's when it hits you you know the notion of being lower middle class of course i didn't call it lower middle class back when i was in grade school i just remembered that some people were rich and i wasn't so always came out during like events like foundation day or family day and all of the families would be eating out where they would be going around the fair to you know buy stuff and everything like that and my parents they were um me and my family we were always just there for attendance and you know for required events so everything other than that we we would just eat a few things but we would never splurge anything more than what we needed and um yeah that was that was what that is one of the ways that i uh, found out how different it was for us as a family um but yeah growing up in that situation you know i just um it started building inside of me that um, I don't want my family, or especially my mom, I love my mom, to live that way forever. So any good kid would pro- probably have that moment where they start wishing for, you know, 
getting a mansion for their fam for their parents or buying their um your parents' first car or stuff like that like all rooted in materials and you know things that you currently don't have that you think will make their lives that much easier especially them not even considering you and sometimes you <laughs> but um yeah that was how i was thinking about it like when i was in grade school i remember especially specifically graduating from grade school i wanted to get in a top high school like specifically cousin city science or philippine science you know because that's where all my privileged smart classmates were going and or they would stay in St. Mary's. But when I graduated from elementary school, um, my sister was also going to start college. So that's when her um, scholarship ends, since it's going to be a different school. Um, I remember my parents sitting me down and saying that I had to transfer out if I didn't get into those science high schools, which I didn't, by the way, get into Kansas City Science. In another world, I would have been, but I didn't. But I remember just that just concretized everything for me. I know it's so privileged. Like, there's nothing wrong with a public school. I know that now. But I remember just thinking, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What will my classmates think? What will my my friends think? Um, they will know that we were too poor to even afford continuing high school and a private school and we had to transfer out i remember feeling so ashamed especially when i got into um the high school that i went to remember feel um my my best friends from high school can attest to this i remember being so snobby because I was, I felt like that the the shit, you know. I I was the private school boy, I I was above, I was above all of these public elementary school kids. It was such a problematic time, I know. And I remember I kept saying to my classmates whenever I would botch a test or you know answer a question wrong for my teachers, I would. I would remember just saying, it's okay, next year naman, my parents promised me that they would transfer me back. That was so problematic. Oh, God. But then second year came and I was still in um, the public school, Ramon Magsaysay, in Cubao. And that's why it really hit me, you know? Um, it's just like everything that what I we weren't sure about when we were growing up like are we really poor though are are we really struggling or are we really or are we you know not in the best standing financially the way it seemed like it was when i when i transferred to that public school to ramon magsaysay yeah definitely hit me i remember crying so hard being the ungrateful child that i was back in grade school and high school first year i remember i would have kicked myself out if i was my parent i were my parent or something like that but yeah we changed great great work self we're no longer a privileged brat (laughs) but I, I remember that the feelings were, um, it was so overwhelming because you, I kept thinking that, oh no, this is it. I won't make anything out of myself. I won't be able to get into a good university. I won't be a doctor. I won't be successful. I won't be able to buy my parents a house and, you know, make everything they want into reality for myself and for our family it's just it's just amazing at how how even though i grew up the way i told you guys i grew up that we never wanted for anything that we didn't have or we never we were never melt made felt that we were lacking in any way as a family it's weird that all of a sudden 
all of those years growing up in a private school, how much, you know, how much that changes you as a person. Because um, what I experienced in in the private school and during elementary is just people walk the world differently, walk through the world very, very differently. I remember when I was in grade school, my allowance was just 20 pesos, mainly because I already had bus. I, I was hated sundo by a bus service, so we did, I didn't really need money because my mom would pack my lunch. But I remember when my classmates were, during lunchtime, they would go out, they would buy food, they wouldn't finish, you know, they'd spend allowances, like 100 peso allowances on frivolous things like candy, got all of the candy, candies that I never got to experience when I was in grade school because I only came to school with 20 pesos in my pocket, enough just to buy shake or water. Yeah, the famous four season shake of St. Mary's College. Yeah, Maybe that's why I like Wang Wang so much now, because I grew up eating, uh, drinking four seasons shake. That's a good theory. Anyways, um, but yeah, it's weird to think how in six the six years I was in that elementary school, um, how much, how much the social um social how much your social classes, you know, get slowly ingrained in you. It makes it more apparent to my mind. Like um, when I uh, I remember. Um, I never thought of being poor or rich before I went into elementary school, of course. So, um, and then all of a sudden, I thought, hey, I'm not this, you know, spoiled, bratty person. I'm not. But suddenly when I had, uh, my parents had to make a choice between private school and eating (laughs) in general, being of being able to afford to live i'm suddenly a spoiled brat apparently and i was i looking back at it now i'm just so i'm just thinking how that how fast and how effective that type of conditioning is to be in that type of environment for six years and have your entire perspective on you your family and your family's finances change and and how skewed it can make you think about what you want for your family and what you want for yourself because um i'm pretty sure that when i was in kindergarten or just before grade school i didn't think that i wanted to be a doctor because i wanted to be rich i would i'm pretty sure i just wanted to be a doctor because you know i like i like finding how finding out how things work specifically the human body i guess but now when uh but back back then rather when i was in grade school i remember adding to that like i want to be a i wanted to be a doctor because my friends parents are doctors and they're rich and i associated that with being a doctor like if you're a doctor you'd be rich and me being rich will be able to make me able to uh, be able to afford things for myself and for my family so it's interesting how you know that developed into that but now that you know now that i am out of college working for myself and you know saving up for med school you know i'm i'm going after that dream um what has my experience been like like um, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm pretty sure we're not that way um, anymore as we were back in my elementary days and my high school days. We're definitely better off now, special, speci- especially since um, both me and my sisters are done with schooling. Well, me for the most part, and I see the difference so much. Like um, the fact that I'm able to actually experience you know the idea of upward social mobility so 
graduating from lower middle lower lower middle class to just middle class um i'm i'm happy um i i, I honestly don't know like in in my way i don't know how things can be better than the way the way they are now of course that's besides the point um as to when i become a doctor because definitely it would be better then but right now um if just to put it into perspective um i can't imagine high school me or or college me having anything to worry about if we had the finances we had now uh, i remember back in college since we were so strapped for money because i was studying in ateneo as a scholar but you know even as a scholar we had a lot of expenses that i had to my parents had to shoulder um i remember going home um after a night out studying at starbucks katipunan og um i remember going home and there wouldn't be food in the refrigerator only water um i remember getting by through weeknights just before i went to sleep i would buy corned beef like the small can of argentino corned beef and a single egg from our store and um the store and i would just eat that for dinner and i remember when i had to go through the experience of ateneo was like it made elementary school in saint mary's seem like you know the little leagues basically because when i got into ateneo i started um you know meeting these kids these very privileged kids these very well-off kids and it just made me realize more as to how different everyone walks through this world. I remember um, going to a debut, not in a basketball court, not hosted in a basketball court. I remember going to a debut that was in a freaking hotel for a debut. That was like, whoa, for middle lower middle class college me. I remember people would be spending what would be our month's mo- monthly allowance for groceries for gas and for stuff like i don't know shoes and honestly at first i had this big feeling of imposter syndrome when i was in ateneo because even though i knew that i got into ateneo fair and square and i was smart enough to get in and get a scholarship I remember that I felt like I wasn't, you know, I wasn't who I was, um, who I was seeming to be to, towards these people. Like, because in Ateneo, there's this notion that if you're a scholar, you must be, oh, you must be super smart or, oh, wow, that's pretty amazing. And I just remember what's amazing about being poor and needing a scholarship, nothing, honestly. And... Yeah, um that was that was a very peculiar time growing up because I was walking through classrooms and halls um with the same people that would have um our houses worth in money in their bank accounts as opposed to me who would only have what 200 pesos a day. Um, of course, I'm not complaining about that, but these people, they're, um, they would have watches worth a car and stuff like that. Of course, to each their own. I'm not attacking that type of lifestyle. I mean, I am, but, you know, capitalism sucks in general, so that would be a long episode. But I remember just feeling this disconnect between these people. And it was only when I discovered my own voice in terms of what I'm good at in, a, um, in school and, you know, when I found my niche in Ateneo Gabay, my org back in Ateneo, uh, that's when I started, you know, focusing more on myself and building myself up because I knew that I would, I have everything that these people have in terms of skills and and 
opportunities. I mean, not opportunities, I guess, but things that I can do um, given my talents. Uh, the only thing that I didn't have was their connection, their access, the access that their you know trust funds and their the money that their parents have provides. And I decided I can't do anything about that right now. So I'm going to make it work. You know, I'm going to study hard. I'm going to be a good good scholar and going to try my best to um, become a doctor and everything like that so that, you know, we don't live. Um, we get to live the way, the life that we wanted. That's all, what a lot of people say. Like, you know, in Twitter, they would say, like, I can't wait to be able to afford the way um who i really am and that's a mood honestly um i definitely relate to that because i feel like i would be such a different person not really a different person in terms of my personality but the way i walk through life if i had the same amount of finances or capital i my classmates had but you know, um, I wanted to shy away from the whole imposter syndrome, the self-defeatist thinking that oh, I won't, I won't make it as much as you know, friend A because her dad's a CEO of company something something. I didn't want to think about that because, you know, especially Ateneo, you would meet, you'll you'll meet these kids. You'll meet these, you know, heirs, these hermanos and hermanas, and you'll meet their parents as well sometimes. And you'll know, you'll know that you, whether you have something more to bring to the table or not. And most of the time, you do. You have more to bring to the table, more than what they're bringing, which is just their money. Okay, so... But I, of course, shempre. I didn't want to think of it that way because I didn't want to, you know, compare myself and judge the other. Um, because shempre, of course, it's not their fault that they were born into that. So let's just. I just decided to shy away from you know focusing on everything external from what I can control, which is me, my studies, and how I look at things. Okay. So. But I remember being so angry. <laughs> I remember being so angry at these kids, yeah, because um, I remember uh, I had this one class that um, I didn't have a choice. It was a 7 a.m. class, and I live, what, 20, 15 minutes away, but that's if you're, you're in a car. But if you commute, that's almost 45 minutes. And I remember just always being late to that class up to the point that I almost max cut. Whereas my rich friends are like, oh yeah, I've dropped that class already. Like, I remember being like, oh, that sucks. I wish I had that option. (laughs) Not that I paid tuition or anything like that, but as a scholar, you're not allowed to drop classes. Um, But yeah, I remember being so angry because a lot a lot of my rich classmates were able to get away with those kinds of things and I wasn't because I had certain limitations, you know, placed. But I it's something that I struggle with, I think, up until this point, you know, struggling between being angry at how the world works, at how capitalism works, at how gener- generational wealth works and how it makes uh, access and um um not as equal to other people or other sectors specifically the lower middle class people as opposed to the access and connections that upper class upper class people have or has for their children it's a mix i there's sometimes ang- the anger is valid that's the thing um, you have to focus on where to be angry about, what to be angry about, rather. So, you're gonna be angry about the preppy, um, the preppy Athenian kid that just was just born into the lifestyle of the rich and famous, rich and famous. But th- she's not doing anything wrong. She is just, you know, 
living her best life as opposed to the douchebag um who's the son of like an heredero or something like that and is being a douchebag like saying stuff like oh you know who cares about poor people you can be angry at both but you can discern that one of them is worth being angry towards more than the other and that's what i think about it and also it's a big thing to especially now that you know we're in a better place me and my family i'm trying to work more in more on the idea of accepting um not accepting that you know this is how the world is or i hate that i don't believe in you know accepting the world as it is because we can always change it but accepting that not all of these people are at fault okay sometimes they're just vic- just as much as victims as we are as i am or as i was and it's not their fault um it's what they use um that's always what i have been saying to my friends when we talk about stuff like privilege you know um it's not the privilege that's inherently evil it's how you use your privilege to help others or to not help others that that's worth the judgment so yeah it's you know it's a back and forth with being angry and accepting things but yeah that's how it was and um right now though so now that we're done with college we're just i i'm i'm currently saving up for med school like i've said before and you know i'm taking care of a few bills at home and i remember tweeting recently about like what would what would success or wealth look like to someone from the lower middle class um i remember i tweeted that i said like you know coming home from the grocery store and not having enough space in our refrigerator to put all of the food in and all of the the groceries in that was that for me that's what wealth and success look like and that i'm still amazed at how i'm able to do it every two weeks and in general how i look at my finances now because i think that's the thing if you grow up lower middle class and you know you're you you've been made aware of it in some point of your life you mean to you've been made to hate it you've been made to you know you've been victimized by it any sort of any sort of progress you make makes you feel really proud of yourself like for example right now the way way i'm looking at my finances although i know that it's just a big number because it's for med school I when I look at my finances I'm like damn 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 if I had this money back when I was in what high school or even in, in college damn I would have been able to go every night to Valkyrie I would have been able to go to the palace or back then it was I think pool club I think I would have been able to go every night i would have been able to buy all of the shoes i would have been able to you know get a car i wouldn't know why i would get a car but i could have i could have and i would have been able to buy all of the fancy clothes makikisabay ako sa mga rumarampas sa sidewalk all of that and generally i just feel proud i feel proud that the way i look at my finances now and it just puts everything into perspective because um of course not everyone like i said not everyone will have the privilege of you know going through this type of social mobility the way we did especially since me i um i'm me and my my sister is educated so that definitely helped but for a lot of filipinos that's not the case like it's a cycle it's a never ending cycle of um not being able to access certain things and not being able to work towards a certain goal and i recognize that it's only because of my privilege and my you know the connections my family had or rather the privilege just privileges they had is the only reason why we're still not over middle class now but i decided to think of it this way um 
I decided to either be guilty about you know how how everything has been like uh, you know for me and how it's not the same for everyone else or I can use that same energy to help other people and for me I decided to do with the latter and I thought how will I best be able to work towards helping other people I said well being a doctor I th- I think when I become a doctor I'll definitely be able to help a lot more people than what I can do right now with my current capacity so that's it that's that's the reason why so I guess that's a little intro as well to why I decided to go into go into medicine well I'm decided that I'm going to medicine rather because more than my childhood dream of you know understanding how things work or you know figuring out how things interact I remember a selfish reason when I was in college I remember wanting to be a doctor because I wanted to make, find a way to make my parents live forever no I know everyone wishes that some pe- some of you don't that's definitely fine but the reason why I wanted my parents to live forever is because so that they can live long enough for me to you know um give them everything that they deserve um my parents deserve they deserve everything my mom she she grew up in a province in Batangas in Batangas to be specific she was the only person to finish college in all of her um among all of her siblings she became a teacher to teach kids my dad um she he over he overcame the limits of you know what his family and my grandparents finances can could have only done for him and now that you know i am you know reaching that point that i can finally give back I know for a fact that everything that I'm working towards is going to be for my dad or my my parents rather. And yeah, that's that's how I want to look at it. And also um taking at taking a look at it at the, at the more, more macro point of view. Um I'm trying to shift my perspective at looking at all of those kids in Ateneo and St. Mary's or all of the people, privileged kids that I've, um, I've encountered throughout the years, I'm trying to shift my perspective from looking at their privilege as a problem and looking more at the system that perpetuated them for them to have that amount of privilege over you know equally distributing to it for it for everyone else so what is this what how how can such people exist when you know how can people live in mansions and have 10 cars when what half of the filipino population can only live day to day how is that fair what system that works is is that how does that make sense and it's made me it's born out of me the desire to you know really get to the bottom of things with regards to how fucked up society has been designed and how how we can change it in our little ways um specifically me as a doctor when i become a doctor um but yeah um we want i wanted to look at these things as not facts or not constant things but rather things that we can work on and and i think that my experience you know growing up lower middle class i think it's a very important aspect of what what makes me as a person today um i understand more as to what it's like to live with less than what we have now and how much easier life is now that you know we pass that point in our lives um it makes the desire to make that same 
feeling or that same level of growth be available for everyone else you know it's not it's not something like a twisted messianic complex that most Athenians are reported to have but it's more out of like an organic way of looking at how we can work together as a society as a community to make sure that the experiences some of us have which is you know being able to afford basic needs being able to afford a decent lifestyle or being able to enjoy life in general is all right it's something that should be available for everyone and not just because you know you have a certain net worth or something like that life shouldn't be something that requires a membership to that you have to pay for um and for me um it's also born out of the fact that most of the times that i was genuinely happy you know it's not It's more on the times that when I was back in elementary or back when I was in, you know, high school. Because I know that back then, um, I understood that everything that I was doing and everything that, you know, every small accomplishment or small success that I had was working towards something. And I think that everyone should have that feeling or be able to experience that in in a certain to a certain extent and the way we do that is to make sure that you know everyone has the same access to everything we had or everything you would have as a person because basically no one should be left behind um i remember going back to um this thinking um because there was this quote that I actually just recently discovered it it's I think it's a quote from I don't know Thomas Jefferson I think that it said something like if a law is unjust man is not only um expected to break it but is obligated to do so so for us for me specifically seeing how these systems cripple other families other individuals because of unequal access to certain necessities, education, food, shelter, all of those important things. I've seen how that changes people. And I've seen also how being able to access these things changes your quality of life. So that's what I want to do when I become a doctor. I don't want to be the doctor, you know, hopefully I don't become that type of doctor. I mean, we can't say for sure. Hopefully I really don't become that type of doctor but i really want to be that doctor as cliche as it sounds i want to be that doctor that helps people more than there just to earn a living i mean earning a living is important but i genuinely want to be able to help these people um that no one seems to be you know happy to help and that all is a culmination of you know how i grew grew up how i've lived with my family and how i've you know mingled with these circles of rich kids and poor kids and i came to the understanding that at the end of the day it's not really what about what you were born with or what you have but rather what you make out of your life that's very cheesy but i stand by it um I have a lot of regrets. I have a lot of, you know, missteps and um mistakes that I'm still suffering from now. But um if I didn't have any of those, if I didn't grow grew up, uh, I didn't grow up rather the way I did or if I didn't you know had have the struggles i'm not saying that you know struggles those struggles are necessary like everyone should be poor first before they become rich nah everyone should have equal access to everything and not have to struggle for basic needs basically but if i didn't have those things if i didn't have those experiences i wouldn't have the same passion that i have for social justice and making sure that everyone 
regardless of gender, race, or you know, religion, um, should have. I I wouldn't feel as passionate as about it as I do now. So in many ways, um, this episode is not about you know being sad or being ungrateful of how I grew up poor and how everyone else was rich when I was growing up. But it's more on how important it was for me as a person to go through that and experience it. Because right now, the person that I am is going through, hopefully I do, I hope I don't jinx it, the person that I am is going to rock the world. And I'm pretty sure everyone else feels the same way. Like, um, if you do feel that way, like you want to enact change, make um, steps towards rebuilding society and changing everything, I hope you don't lose that. Because right now, especially during these times, um, it's so easy to fall into the thinking that, ah, this is just how it's going to be. This is how the world's work. Um, this is how the world works. And I am here to tell you now that 100, 200 years ago, things were not this way. Things um, were much more different. And if things can change in that amount of time, how fast do you think you can make changes now that we've become so advanced with technology and all of that? I'm pretty sure it won't take that long. So I hope you stick to that feeling because at the end of the day, um, what's important is your desire to make the world more than what it is. It's not necessarily making it a better place because, you know, we can't always be certain that the actions we take are going to make the world a better place. But we can be certain that whatever the world is now, it can change. And it's up to us to enact the change that we deem that will make it a better better place, basically. And as long as we, you know, stay rooted in our own experiences of struggles, of of poverty, of of mis mistakes or, you know, misfortunes, as long as we stick to that, me as a person as well, I think pretty confident that we'll be able to make decisions that will benefit not just you but everyone else so but yeah that's basically it sorry about that um but yeah childhood was fun and it was fun going up with a lot of cousins but we're gonna shake the world guys and i hope you stick with that feeling and understand that wherever you are now if you're still struggling financially with your parents or your family or you're not you're having trouble making ends meet will change the world one way or another okay um we're here to um make the world a better place and if you have to focus on you know getting day to day, getting by day to day, that's fine. Um, we'll change the world for you. And we'll make sure that, you know, um, we make it a better place for everyone. And because a lot of people fall into the thinking that, oh, I have to make something of myself. But I'm also struggling with my own things. You can make changes in the world with how you change make changes in your life so don't worry about nation building or society building or world building when you're focused on getting by day to day because these little struggles each of our personal struggles are what makes society society um it helps us determine what we need as a people and yeah just Make sure that if you need help, you don't hesitate to ask. Um, it's also one of the things that I myself, you know, found myself doing more um, 
because you know a lot of there are a lot of donation drives going around and i'll plug some of them in the description for the episode but there are a lot of ways to help everyone out there during these times and i hope you if you can if you can list uh, if you can spare some you know some of your financial you know hullabaloo check um you can you would and i'll link those in the description but that yeah, was the that was episode three <laughs> sovereign abrupt but i hope you guys enjoyed i try my best to not sound a privileged kid like a privileged kid but um yeah at the end of the day what i just wanted to showcase is how my experience is growing up in this type these types of you know environments you know in a poor rich kids world basically uh how, how it affected how i became as a person and how i look at money now and ayun, um i hope you always go back to the that those days that when we thought that oh this isn't going to be better it will be and we'll make sure that, that that's the case Yeah, thanks so much, guys, for listening to this episode. See you till the next one. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. This was Tea Time with Ian. Mm